Well, I think the Tories got in, um, and obviously it's it's pretty worrying. You know, look, look at the past five years, what they've done. They've got out public services, they've tripled uh, student fees, they've hammered the disabled, they've um, hammered the unemployed, and it's quite devastating, and it's going to be another uh, five years of, of class war if the Tories um, stay in. But I think the reason why the, the Tories got in it's because Labour were, were so bad at offering any kind of alternative. Um, you saw the debates um, on the TV, uh, Miliband and Cameron, you know, in many cases, they sound as indistinguishable. Um, they didn't offer a clear plan uh, or a clear commitment, not to push through austerity. Actually, they did the opposite. Labour promised to continue with austerity, although they may tweak it here and there. Um, and I think you know that explains how, how the Tories Tories got in because there was no serious uh, alternative or no credible alternative or no alternative which provided hope for people that, that Labour offered. Um, I think the SNP, um, you know, the, uh, there's obviously contradictions with within the SNP in terms of you know they, they took a stand, uh, they're taking a stand against austerity um, in terms of um, to Westminster, and uh, you know, there's contradictions in terms of what they're doing locally in Scotland. But on the national stage, they um, say they wanted to fight against austerity, they wanted to change politics. Um, I think that that's no doubt why they why they swept the board because people in Scotland, like people in you know Ireland and England and you know across the world are looking for something different, and I think in this election, the SNP certainly captured that. Now, as you say, there are contradictions in that anti-austerity sentiment and arguably uh, some of the people, or a lot of the people who voted for the right-wing uh, anti-immigrant party, the UK Independence Party, had anti-austerity sentiments as well. It's just that, unfortunately, they're uh, blaming immigrants uh, for the loss of jobs and economic hardship and, and so on. And UKIP uh, secured nearly four million votes. And on the other side of the ledger, the radical left, uh, certainly in England at any rate, did very poorly. The Trade Union and Socialist Coalition, for instance, uh, only uh, attracted just over 36,000 votes or 0.1% uh, in 130 electorates. I mean, what? Uh, just, just looking specifically at that difference between, I guess, the, the populist right and radical left in England, uh, I mean, why did uh, the radical left, you know, do so poorly? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I think it's... Well, I, I suppose it's looking at UKIP for a second. Um, you know, in some senses, UKIP did well because you know they got so many votes as you as you outlined. But in other cases, they did bad because I mean Nigel Farage was on the news pretty much every day. Um, he was on BBC um, uh, politics um, shows pretty much um, every week. Um, and you know, I think considering that um, that he didn't get uh, elected is is quite he got more of a platform than anybody else um, in this election, and he failed to failed to win. Um, I think that's that's that, that, you know, that's worth looking at because you know, a lot of people, um, you know, I just said you keep trying to capture this idea that they were for the, the working person, but um, you know, clearly not. You know, Farage is a beggar. Um, he's trying to whip up racism, and uh, I think a lot of people, um, you know, didn't didn't want to vote from on that basis. Um, in terms of the left um, in in Britain, um, I suppose it's kind of um, they didn't get that platform. I suppose that the, the Farage got, but uh, that would be probably one point of it. A comment on that, you know. 
Um, hi, Jerry. It's Caroline Smith here. Um, I just wanted to ask. Um, well, I wanted to begin um, by saying, you know, congratulations for um, for, for um, people before profit doing really well and, and getting the um, you know the seven thousand votes and really um, having taking up a, a pretty strong position in West Belfast. But um, I wanted to ask what you thought of um, the impact of the Tory win. The sort of um, the fact that the Tories have really won pretty comprehensively in. Um, in Britain generally, what sort of impact is that going to have in Northern Ireland and in particular on um, the executive's budget? Um, because it seems as though on one hand in Northern Ireland there was a really strong um, response from local people that they actually, you know, were um, critiquing austerity. But it seems as though this, you know, austerity is still sort of looming and could still have a really big impact on Northern Ireland. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, I think there's no doubt that the Tories um, getting in is going to... Signifies that there's going to be, you know, further cuts to public services, and they say they're going to implement another 12 billion pounds of welfare cuts, and they're going to continue to you know, hammer public services and ham- hammer working-class people, unemployed people. I mean, they're talking about it already, um, getting rid of the, the Human Rights Act. Um, so it's clear what what path they want to go down. Um, I think what's um, what's clear to us, but also um, maybe a bit sort of confused in the media or confused in the in the reporting uh, of things of politics in the north is what position the the parties in Stormont are, are taking towards um in regards to austerity and cutbacks and you know I think um you know, some parties claim to be, you know, against austerity, uh, but at the same time they're implementing austerity through so there's a clear contradiction um in that. Um and, and our sort of point is that you know, if parties really want to take a stand against austerity, then they should stop out in a minute. They should make it clear that they're not going to implement cuts to public services and not going to lay off 20,000 uh, public sector workers and, and stand with the people, stand with the trade union movement, stand with community groups and uh, political groups who are, are opposed to austerity. So that's our point. And the Assembly parties in Stormont always say that, hold their hands up and say, it. oh, we'd like to do, we'd like not to implement austerity, but sure, there's nothing we can do. It's nonsense, it's a lie. Borrowed seven hundred million pounds to lay off twenty thousand workers. You know, our point is that they should be borrowing money to actually invest in communities, to invest in people, to invest in um, proper, uh, well-paid jobs. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be on their radar or on their agenda because they're clearly signed up to a mere liberal um, economic policy, which which all which says that uh, we we'll have to we we'll have to cut public services, we we'll have to give handouts to the corporations, and it's clearly one that's a wrong, but B doesn't work to, to improve people's lives. Now, just uh, specifically on your performance in the election, Caroline's mentioned uh, already that uh, you secured nearly 7,000 uh, votes, a very impressive uh, result for people before profit, so 19% uh, coming in second behind uh, Sinn Féin. Uh, can you tell us a bit about your campaign? I mean, it's a really standout result uh, compared to, as we've already said, radical left in other parts uh, of England and, and you know even in other parts of occupied Island, I guess. Um, tell us a bit about uh, your campaign and I guess what's the secret behind that uh, impressive result? <laughs> what's the secret potion? Um, well, it's, politically it was down to, I mean, we had a clear message um, about austerity. Uh, like I said, the Stormont House Agreement that the, the, all the parties signed up to Stormont uh, said that it was going to cut, um, they were going to cut 20,000 jobs, they were going to um, um, campaign for the corporation tax to be cut. Um, and further cuts to, to public services. Um, so our message was, um, well, we asked people to send a message against that. That was, we're, we're telling people, or asking people on the doorsteps, and um, 
think people were clearly quite um, appalled by these cuts. Uh, people felt that they couldn't take any more cutbacks, and they clearly sent a message um, against that on um, uh, on Thursday last week. But also, it, it was um, I think the result was put down to our hard work on the ground. Um, I got elected to Belfast City Council last year, and since then, I myself and the team, um, the you know. The people before Profit Team have been working very hard on the ground through campaigns around Palestine, campaigns around um, protecting the NHS, campaigns around you know going to local communities, knocking on doors and asking people if there's any uh, issues with housing, any issues that um, they can that we can help with, and we will do so. So we put it down to the anti-austerity message um, and the hard work that we did on the ground, and, and also the fact that people are looking for an alternative. Um, people are constantly saying here they're sick of the same old politics, they're sick of the um, same old arguments being trotted out um, um, generally, but also um, in, the, in the run-up to elections. And I think we captured that mood for, for something different. And it's it's clear that we've been standing for um, since 2007 uh, in West Belfast, and our vote has increased every single time. Where you see you know, Sinn Féin, for example, in West Belfast, I mean, they got... Uh, over 19,000 votes, but since uh, or from 2007, the vote has actually been decreasing. So I think it's a, a sign of things to come that people are looking for an alternative, and I think um, it's it's good uh, it's good period for people for profit. I think we're definitely we're growing at the minute. More people since the election have uh, contacted us about joining and getting involved, and I think we're only uh, continue to get uh, bigger and stronger. And just finally, uh, Jerry Carroll, uh, you've got a, a probably a, 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 a sorry, start again. And just finally, Jerry Carroll, uh, an interesting dimension of this election is, of course, uh, the question of separation of the union. Uh, there will no doubt be a big push now for a second uh, referendum in Scotland for independence. Uh, obviously, in Northern Ireland, uh, the question of, of independence is, is a long-running one. Uh, you consciously ran as a socialist, saying, I'm not a nationalist or a unionist, I'm a socialist. Um, I'm interested in, I suppose, the sectarian dimension of, of what's going on in Northern Ireland and um, even, I suppose, the sectarianism in Scotland. I mean, to what extent is that question of uh, perhaps differences between different parts of the United Kingdom a, a distraction? I mean, there's, there's a legitimacy there, obviously, for independence, but, um, you know, is that a distraction, I guess, for working people who, who I guess, ultimately, you know, have common interests, uh, you know, across across all parts of the United Kingdom? Well, I think in terms of the Scotland thing, I mean, the, the referendum uh, vote last year, you know, it opened up a, you know, a fantastic debate um, about um, the future of Scotland, about the future of the Union, and it was a, you know, it was a electric fan debate, you know, 16-year-olds um, um, being able to vote, and, you know, the whole, whole debate and the whole campaign was electric fan. Um, fortunately, the... the the issue of the the border um, and the issue of the, the northern state doesn't kind of come up that way. You know, it should. Obviously, we should be able to discuss these things openly and, and honestly. But it's it's kind of uh, not uh, discussed and not brought up in that way. Um, and in terms of you know, sectarianism, um, I mean, obviously, it's still still race in the north. You know, we still have um, areas. I mean, areas divided by you know sectarianism. Um, we we canvassed and. Um, both sides of the divide, um, Shankill and the Falls. Uh, but if you go to those areas, you see just how clear the, the, the divide is. The Shankill um, is sort of unionist loyalist area. Um, it only has posters of unionist um, candidates and, and ourselves, obviously. The 
the national stage sort of falls road, um national spot of West Belfast has only the, you know, Sinn Fein, SDLP, the sort of Republican nationalist candidates and ourselves. So we're um obviously trying to trying to break through that, uh, but we understand that um, sectarianism uh, is deep in the north. Um but also at the same time there's there's a huge appetite for people to to, to move beyond it and to actually fight and campaign against sectarianism and we've been involved in um, opening, we've got a, a, an office opening on the interface between the shackle and the falls and you know, it's definitely not going to change the world overnight but some uh, small measure to show that what people before profit is about is actually to push class politics, is to push that okay, we hear constantly in the north about the two communities in terms of the Catholic community and the Protestant community but we need to Talk more about the, the two communities in the sense of there's the you know people at the bottom, uh, the ninety nine percent, and there's the one percent. And austerity doesn't work for um, uh, working class people, but it certainly works for the people at the top. I think we need to have a, a, a deeper and more prolonged conversation and, and focus on that, and that's what we're what we're seeking to do. But I think um, you know there's a, there's a, an appetite for people moving beyond sectarianism, and, and the way we always say the only way. That can happen is through through class struggle, through protests, through campaigning, and that's certainly what we'll be doing over the next uh, couple of months, couple of weeks, um, to, to push that as, as much as possible.